Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. It's in chapter 8, verses 4 to 8 and 11 to 15. This is a familiar parable to many of us, but it is good to hear it and be reminded again of what God has to say to each of us. Listen. When a large crowd was gathering as people were coming to him from town after town, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell on good soil, and when it grew, it produced a one hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, If you have ears to hear, then hear. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones on the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe only for a little while and in time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, these are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. But as for that on the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with endurance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's great to be with you again this morning and uh, just to be here for an hour together as a church and to worship God. I want to say hi again to those who are worshiping at home on uh, Facebook Live or on YouTube or listening to this as a sermon podcast. Hi, if you're new with us or visiting today, you get a sense of the life of our church, and I hope that God has something for you in this morning. I was on a walk this week with my family uh, in the evening, and we passed a tree in our neighborhood on the side of the road. And uh, my son, Theo, he was on his scooter, and he stopped right underneath this tree, and he saw all these pods on the ground. You know those kind of pods that you see? And he asked what they were, and we explained that this is the way that this seed, or that this tree, shares its seed or spreads its seed. They have these pods that drop, they open up, the seeds come out, and, they, and a bunch of um, new trees get planted. But then Theo looked around, and he said, I don't see any new trees anywhere which is true. There were no other trees. He's right. And then Lisa, um, she looked at the ground underneath the tree, and she pointed out, she said, oh, this is where the seeds pods, seed pods were. And um, without knowing this is our scripture text for today, she went full biblical mode. Theo, you see, the ground underneath it is rocky, and a seed that falls into rocky soil can get no roots, and it cannot grow. <laughs> then she saw me taking these pictures, and she said, are you working on your sermon again? That's how it is. Once you hear God's word, it starts to show up in your real life, one way or another. Isn't it that way? So here's the first thing I want to just say about this parable as we start, just to orient us about it. Um, I don't want us to think about these soils, these four types of soil, as fixed or stagnant categories. Don't think about them as fixed or stagnant categories. We know that one kind of dirt can't become some other kind of dirt of its own volition. There are natural processes, but that's not the way I want to read this parable with you today. Because if we did do that, we might fall into the trap of being like this. 
well, we all as good little Presbyterians, we're over here in the good soil, and then somebody else is out there, those fallen away, those struggling, those tempted, those distracted, those hard-hearted, those immature people somewhere else. And we could miss the riches of this story for ourselves. The way that God sees us is different from a stagnant or fixed category that is unchangeable, unreachable. There's a, a good quote from, I, that I read this week from George Bernard Shaw. He said this, The only man I know who behaves sensibly is my tailor. He takes my measurements anew each time he sees me. The rest go on with their old measurements and expect me to fit into them. We believe in a God who takes our measurements who gets to know us, who pays attention to us, not in like some last chance kind of way, but again and again. Our God is always after us, seeking us and giving us reason to hope. So these four soils, just as we start, they're not going to be fixed categories for us. Which one are you? But I want to talk about them and see if we might see ourselves in each of them. Maybe you've been in some of these places. And then I want to give you an opportunity, a question for reflection, an action step to take to respond to what we hear. So we're sitting under the teaching of Scripture today, asking God what it might mean for our lives. And if you're with me in this, if you're ready, just turn to someone next to you and say, yup. Just yup. Yup, yup, yup. If you're not, say nope, seeing none, the motion passes. We're going on. Um, so here we are. This, this is a parable that Jesus tells, a teaching story. A farmer goes out to sow his seed, to, to plant his seed, and some of the seed lands on the path. This is the first soil. This is the hard-packed earth that people walk along back and forth all day long. This seed can't get into the soil. It can't get in, inside of the soil, and so it is left on top of that hard-packed earth, vulnerable, easy pickings for the birds of the air who fly in, find it, snatch it away to eat. And in his explanation of this parable, Jesus says that, that this seed is like those who receive God's word with joy, or they have faith, or they have understanding of God's word that's there, but it's stolen away. It's taken away by the work of the devil. Something, some kind of evil, malignant force, something, call it what you will, from outside is trying to come in and snatch it away snatch away what God wanted to do in this person's life. What I notice about this kind of soil and this kind of seed is that the seed can't dig in. It can't get in the soil, so it's vulnerable to outside, source, uh, outside forces. The seed is lying there, easily kicked around by walking feet. And I wonder if you, in your own life, as you reflect with me today, might have places where you are a little bit vulnerable or exposed where any old thing could come along and snatch you away or get you off the path or mess with your life. I'm thinking uh, about the way that we live in an age of technology and we have all this information and misinformation, all this content and subject matter of the entire world inside our hand, inside our pocket, in our phone. I want to suggest that there's a danger to us if we leave ourselves exposed like the seed on the hard-packed earth where any old thing could come along and, and take us away. So I'll name a couple of these for you and see if they strike home in your own experience. Maybe on like social media online, 
You know, have you ever found yourself scrolling kind of mindlessly through posts, videos, and pictures, and stories that come up on your, on your feed, kind of passively letting it wash over you? This can happen with any of our online searching. We might, what we might not always remember or realize is that whatever we're looking at doing up to online, the back-end technology, you know this, is tracking us, is following us, is um, selling our data to somebody else who will then sell us products or um, who will seek to influence us in some way. And I wonder if it makes us vulnerable. Any old thing, any old suggestion, any old thing could pop up and say, hmm, maybe this is where you got to go. Related to that, related to that kind of social media consumption is our news sourcing. You watch the news, and I wonder, what's your news source? What do you trust? Who do you listen to? How does it influence you? We're in an, we are in an age when politics and positions on social issues can leave us vulnerable to being manipulated. Have you ever found yourself, without knowing why, receiving like fundraising emails from somebody? you know, from wherever they are on the political spectrum, or some group where you say, I'm not really sure I was in that group, but I'm receiving their stuff. Or maybe getting targeted ads or content coming your way. I started realizing as I read headlines that some of those headlines on news sites were designed to make me angry or upset or want to click. But then when you click and you find out more, the headline is actually kind of not quite right. It's sort of half right, maybe. And you've got to dig and dig and dig to get down to the bottom of it, but most of us don't. We're vulnerable to being manipulated and twisted in the news media, in our social media. So the first soil is a place that none of us want to be vulnerable, but we all find ourselves sometimes. My action step for you as you think about this, as I just sort of share this with you today, um, is this. This week... Is there something that you need to, want to, could close down, shut down, or limit when it comes to the vulnerability in your life, whether it's your online life or your in real life? As King Solomon says in the Proverbs of the Bible, so that we would guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. When we close off some of those places of vulnerability, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. So don't leave it up to chance. Don't leave yourselves vulnerable to any old thing that could come along. Here's the step. In real life or in online life, what can you close down or shut down so that you don't be left out on the path? That's the first one. Choir, we're going through all four of the soils, just for the record. So that's the first one. Second, second soil that, we talk, that Jesus talks about lands on the rocks. And the idea here is that the seed that lands on the rocks or among the stones, there's not a lot of um, deep and rich soil there. There's not a lot of nutrients available. And so Jesus says that the this person receives the word of God with joy and springs up quickly only to wither afterwards. You've heard this before, right? They spring up quickly. And I have so much compassion for this kind of soil and this kind of seed because it sounds like people who are naturally enthusiastic about something, and that's me. Maybe that's you. You know, are you that way where someone has a new idea or something to try out or try on or get behind, an idea to, to, to invest in, and you're all in? You're really into it. Maybe you're a natural-born believer, a joiner. For some of us, this shows up when we take on, like, fad diets or extreme workouts to try and transform our bodies. 
For some, it's New Year's resolutions or big goals. Maybe this shows up in your faith life where you hear a message, like on a Sunday morning or um, somewhere else, where it just speaks to you or the words to a song that, that fills you. You want to respond. Like here, have you ever sung this song? It goes, here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I've heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Am I talking to you? This is a great instinct, to hear God's word and message and respond to it. This is a good thing. But in this parable, the problem that Jesus describes is that this kind of seed springs up quickly full of hope and joy, but it doesn't have any roots to sustain it. It doesn't have a way to get deeper into the soil. It lacks a means of growing strong. This is common among us here in our church. Where we're people of faith, we're here on Sunday mornings, but oftentimes we, even we, lack roots of accountability, of ongoing commitments, of practices that can ground us in Christ. Sunday morning worship is one of the basic, most basic ways to grow those roots, to be connected to God. So first of all, good job, everybody. But I wonder if we need to be called today again and again beyond a surface faith, and back towards a deeper trust in our God, a way of growing roots. Because this kind of thing doesn't happen by magic or overnight, becoming a person with hearty, resilient faith. So maybe it, that looks like for you, joining or rejoining one of the groups of our church, a grove group, a Bible study, a fellowship group. Maybe it means serving, build, building roots that way. Um, the, in our bulletin and weekly email, there's all kinds of ways to serve in the community locally or here in our congregation. We have caring cuisine meals for those in a time of need. We, have a, we work with local groups like Martha's Kitchen, Second Harvest Food Bank, Bridge Communities, and more. You could sign up every week, any week, to be an usher, to host coffee hour, to bring donuts. Please bring the donuts. You could um, be cooking a meal for the youth staff. You know, every Sunday night, our youth staff who work with middle school and high schoolers, they have a dinner together between the two groups, and they need somebody to cook for them so that Steve doesn't have to cook for himself every time. Oh, what a great way to serve. To have regular commitments can help us grow roots. I have a friend who's been talking to me recently about um, what he's been learning about um, alcohol and the, its effects on his body. And he was saying he wanted to look more closely at that area of his life. And maybe you've been there, you know, where you kind of say, I want to take a look at what I'm eating or what I'm drinking or something about my lifestyle and, and maybe make a change. And so this friend, he's taking it to the next step. He told me he's doing what he called a sober October. Um, where he's taking a month off of drinking alcohol and just to see how it makes him feel. Kind of an experiment in his own life and see how that, um, how that is. And so he's trying to put some roots on this idea. He's thinking about making a change, but we can't change without um, patterns. So he said, I'm going to do it for a month and see how I feel. What are the ways that we can take on um, practices that help us be grounded? What's one for you this week or this month that would help you put your roots down a little deeper? Is it through service, through worship, in fellowship, or prayer? If you'd like more ideas for your own life, talk to Pastor Erica or me. We would love to help you find a way uh, to grow in your faith. Okay, third soil. Third soil. We have the seed that falls among thorns. What happens here is that the, the seed falls among the thorns, but, and the two grow up together, and the thorns kind of get intertwined with the good seed, the good plant as it grows. They kind of grow up together. And... 
And we can imagine that in this soil, there's limited sunlight, there's limited um, water, limited nutrients, so the, the thorns are competing with, competing with the good, the good thing as it, as it grows. So there's something competing. And we all have thorns like this in our lives, things that are competing for our attention or our consideration, things that if we let them would take up all the sunlight, take up all the nutrients, take up all our soil. They would block us out. I suspect, I wonder, if Jesus showed up in Los Gatos, if Jesus showed up in San Jose, if Jesus came to Silicon Valley and spent a week walking and living among us, what he would say, I think this is the one out of the four soils most on display, most on display. I don't mean to be mean, but I just mean that we live this kind of life where we have full schedules, where we have so much going on that are competing for our time and our commitments. So just an example, you know, from my own experience, we, it's back to school time right now, like Lauren was saying at, the, at our kids' school, and there are so many things. I can't believe how many things there are to sign up for and do. Have you, have you had that experience? You can be on the home and school club, the room parent, arts and arts projects, read in the library, be on yard duty, help with PE. You can be on Project Cornerstone, whatever that is. You can volunteer in so many different ways. And I'll tell you the truth, they're all good things. These are all good things, right? What do you give your time to? I bet they're really good things. What are you spending your time on? I bet it's really important. I don't doubt it. Maybe you're involved in your local school or in scouts or with your kids' sports teams or Kiwanis or Rotary or there are professional organizations and community leadership and on and on it goes. I know, we are a community full of leaders and workers and givers and servers. Y'all are busy. Here's what happens, at least in this parable that Jesus tells us. The seed that falls among thorns leads to people who are being choked by the cares and pleasures and riches of life. That's what Jesus says. And I like that he says it this way, because he doesn't just say the cares, the problems, the worries of life. They choke us. We all have problems, and they are choking us, and we need some help, right? But he says it's not just the bad things, it's the good stuff too. It's all those good things, those great things we want to be involved with that can also be a thorn. It means that sometimes we have so many things going on in our life, things we believe in and are committed to, that it can clutter us up. It could fill our time. It could control our schedule. It could leave no room in the inn for Jesus to come in. We have no margin. So I wonder how any of us could grow with God if every Sunday morning we have somewhere else to be. I wonder how any of us could grow with God if every time the youth group meets or your small group gets together or there's a service opportunity or a friend who needs to talk or you need a quiet moment alone with God but you don't have any time for it. You got no margin for it. You have no space in your life for it because you got to be somewhere else. And this is my struggle. I wonder if it's yours. Just this last week, my Grove group, my group of small, uh, small group of guys here in the church, we, we had planned to get together, and we had done this whole doodle poll. You know those doodles? You know, it takes forever to schedule things. So we'd finally doodled our way down to this one date where we could all meet. And, just, and in the middle of the week, I looked at my calendar, and I said, well, I double booked myself. Um, because I was going to the Giants game. 
And the worst part of it is, they lost to the Dodgers. <laughs> but I went to the Giants game. I had double booked myself, and that happens to us because I was so full. But I missed my chance, right, to grow with my friends, to grow with the group of folks who are trying to follow God. So we all make choices, and you all have some choice in your lives. And as you hear this parable today, I wonder if there's a choice you might be able to make this week. Choice gives us agency. It kind of makes us feel like we can do something. What's the choice this week? As you plan your schedule and set your times, is there an intentional choice where you can say yes to something that leads toward God? Can you say no to something that would lead you away from life with God? That's a choice we have this week. So that leads me to this final soil, the fourth soil, which we call the good soil. Jesus says, the good, those seeds that fall in the good soil are those that hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patient endurance. And this sounds great, right? This sounds good. The four, finally, the good soil, pastor, get us there. Um, we all wish and hope and pray to be, to become, to live in that good soil. But here's the thing about good soil, and you, any gardeners know it. It's got to be cultivated. It's got to be worked on. It's got to be prepared. It's got to be ready for what the work that God wants to do. In the end, it's the intention, it's the purpose of the farmer in this story to get the seed out there in the field. It's a messy process. It, you know, it goes all over the place. But that makes sense because life itself can be messy. None of us are only or always one of these type of soils, Okay? None of us is only or always one of these type of soils. Maybe sometimes we're all of them. Sometimes we find ourselves vulnerable to outside influence in a negative way like the seed on the path. What's one way that you can make yourself less vulnerable in your online life or your real life this week? Sometimes we find ourselves without roots like the seed on the rocky soil. What is one practice of your faith that you want to take on this week to help your roots grow a little deeper. Sometimes we find ourselves distracted and overly scheduled, like the seed among the thorns. What is the yes you can say to bring you closer to God this week? What is the no you need to speak so that you don't get led from the place God wants you to be? And in the end, it is asking these kinds of questions as we seek to respond to the word of hope that Jesus gives asking these questions, reflecting together, that helps us cultivate our soil and become the people God wants us to be. So no matter where you are today, no matter what kind of soil you think you might be living in, remember this, the great gardener, our God, is the one who is at work in your life. The great gardener, our God, is the one who is scattering these seeds into your life, seeking for you to receive the goodness that is there. And will you respond to this as God plants faith, hope, and love in your life? Will you respond so that you may grow and bloom and flourish? I pray that it's so for you. Amen.